another album needing a hug tonight. This one desperately needing that cuddle. So shunned was it. Because this is Queen's Hot Space. At the time, it was all so well set up. They released the game. Some of the singles from that have been huge. Crazy little thing called Love. The game itself, play the game should I say, Save Me. And a little thing called Another One Bites the Dust. Which had a superb funk bass line to it. There was a pleasing diversion. Flash Gordon, the soundtrack from. And then... We had the commemoration, the coronation, if you like, Queen's Greatest Hits, along with Queen's Queen's Greatest Picks, that picture book, and Queen's Greatest Flicks, the video of the videos, they were about as big as they could have been in mainstream consciousness. And then they go and do this. See, we all knew that Freddie was interested in that kind of New York and Munich club life. And of course, Another One Bites the Dust had been a huge success. But I don't think any fans thought they would really go this far. And at the time, I hated it. I held on and clung on to some of those tracks in there, which we'll talk about in a minute, the heavier ones. You know, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the extravagance of them, but I wanted some more heavy tunes. And as the narrator of the Kiss documentary that I listened to recently and watched recently, and will be watching again, said around about their disco song, I was born to love you, or I was born for loving you, The, he didn't enjoy it as much because his brain wasn't fully developed, as he put it. And I feel the same way. He can enjoy that song now. And it's become hot space, as I have taken in other styles of music, my favourite Queen album. And I love Queen. So how have I come to this? Let me explain to you. were always about excess and they were always about pushing that and if they're going to make a funk album then certainly one of the four is going to make that funk album or those funk tracks to the best of their ability they're not going to go middle of the road they're going to go all out and that means we have an extraordinary opening track which is one of the most energetic Queen tracks anywhere in their albums. It's staying power. The moment that fantastic bass line, and John Deacon was such an underestimated bassist, here he really shows his worth. As soon as that bass line hits and that simple drum sound works, 
you know you're in for something special. It's got a real lascivious um, Freddie Mercury vocal. That'll be even more ramped up later on in the album, of course. And then we have the horns. And they add all of the flash and the sizzle. They're fruity. They're full. There's no compromise on this. This is an enormous earth, wind and fire type horn section. But without the commerciality, this is just rude and crude. Arif Mardin arranged these horns and does a fantastic job. You can hear the brassiness in them. There's a call and response which we love, which which Freddie tried to do when unpacking this song at the next tour, which wasn't incredibly successful. And then at the end of this song, you've got a baritone sax, which just takes the riff until the last lines you'll hear, the last word you'll hear, hit me. It isn't hit me, is it? It's gotcha. I had to go and listen to it again. That might have been a little excuse in my mind, because I love this song. It's my favourite song of the album. It's not just me being perverse. I love funk now. I love soul now. And this is a really sweaty, dirty soul workout. Yeah, it sounds strange on a Queen album, but that's what I love, because they always surprised me. And imagine the surprise when I heard that. There are a lot of great songs here, but what this album shows is two people who were into this funk and soul feel and two people who weren't. And you know, Brian May was one of the people who wasn't. And his songs on the album, Las Palabras de Amor, which is a, um, it's kind of a a simple, um, syrupy, mid-paced ballad. It's not really on the money. And then there's his attempt at the funk, Dancer, which skips along on a synth bass. And I like the sound of that. Sounds very early 80s. He, of course, includes some real big guitar solos um, in here, which just sound as though he's trying to force some rock into some funk. Now, you know, talking of forcing some rock into some funk... Tell you who likes this album, Nuno Betancourt, who is the virtuoso guitarist of Funk Rockers Extreme, a band I also love. And he says, you know, this showed me that you didn't just need to be a guitarist, you needed to play to the song. I'm not sure that's quite the case in um, in Dancer. But, you know, when it explodes into the chorus on a big cymbal crash, that actually really works for me, even though it kind of half distorts. I think, I think it's supposed to, in your ear, to really introduce that. The most successful of his songs, though, really, is the rock song. Second track of Side 2. Sorry, first track of Side 2, it crashes right in, which is Put Out the Fire. And this is a kind of slow, sassy, crunchy beat blues track. It really sways. He sings it. The verse, anyway, in his kind of plaintive vocal style, which I'm never keen on. And uh, Freddie Mercury 
jumps in with the chorus and really gives it his all. So it has that kind, it has a really nice uh, swaggering blues riff. But the amazing thing is when the chorus comes in, the first note, it just howls as if you can hear Brian May saying, I want to get out of here. This is not the kind of music that I perform. But it's a lovely, agitational, cracking blues solo with that enormous high-pitched wail of a note. That's beautiful. And at the time, that was the song I held on to, like a life raft in a sea of funk. Now I just enjoy it like everything else here. And one of those great tracks to enjoy, and this was the other man who came along, I think, with Freddie Mercury, because he's time served in this. He's had a, another track. Is John Deacon, the writer of Another One Bites the Dust. And he produces two tracks here. We'll talk about the second in a minute, because that's interesting. First track he does is Back Chat, which is not as successful as Another One Bites the Dust. It's sharper, more angular tries to have more air in it and of course hot space is named apparently for the hot space you leave when you solo and get out of there or you make that funk and you get out of there and this has a lot more air in it but you know it's got a lovely um freddie mercury playful vocal to it it's got um some almost spanish guitar to start with the ticking a drum track and the um, the lovely uh, elastic bass line which is qu uh, quite like another one bites the dust is um, is matched by the work that Brian May does because he really on this track John Deacon tries to marry the two so you know you've got um, Freddie Mercury ushering it in with the sounds that sound with, uh, with with what sounds like winds do blow or winds that blow or but whatever it is the power of this very short very sweet and very um spiky solo from um brian may showing anger and power really hits this song well but it does have a lot of um a lot of space for you to uh, enjoy that funk it's sparse funk it's not dirty um it's not dirty laid down taut funk this has quite a lot of the sort of um new wave funk the kind of almost bedroom funk feel to it it ends of course with um freddie mercury doing a bit of chat to himself you've been giving me the run around yes i have Quite nice and, and, and quite interesting there. The second track that uh, John Deacon is involved in is a right with Freddie Mercury. And I think, I mean, they, they did more of this on the next album, but I think this is the first time I have seen a co-write between two members of the band, I think. And it's um, Cool Cat, which is not entirely the, um, the most successful track on the on the, the album because in a way it's a sort of leftover chic riff basic backing track 
Now Roger Taylor didn't have a lot to do here and with a kind of um, very sparse and simple bass line turned up in the mix so really quite meaty but quite basic and Freddie singing in a falsetto in another very playful way uh, but it's a very airy quite a kind of throwaway track here um, but of all of the funk tracks here and bear in mind these are not all funk tracks but of all the funk tracks here there's probably this is probably the one that has the most uh, funk and R&B feel about it it does feel like something that perhaps um, the time would do as a filler and it's filler here as well so not a great piece of work the fourth member of the band Roger Taylor who of course was the first member of the band to release a solo album very Japanese based um, in the packaging of it released the year before Fun in Space a really good eclectic mix actually um, showing a lot of the new wave influences and it's something else that I'll be visiting because I think that is an unloved album too and so he's standing off to one side here he's not delighted with the funk and he decides not to do any of that he's probably he's the only one of the three who says I'm not going to do that even Brian May who's really a rocker at heart says well I'll have a go but Roger Taylor doesn't and what he does is provide um, sort of very very sharp and they are recorded and mixed in a very sharp very angular way um, the first track which is called Action This Day it has a, a sax on it a sax solo but unlike Staying Power you don't feel that it should be there it crashes in in a very unusual way and it's um, it's recorded very sharply too but it's a, it's a call to arms and it's, uh, it has a, 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 a drum sound which sounds like he's panel beating here, like he's bashing on metal. And it's, um, people have thought, well, you know, Brian May, uh, Roger Taylor, bit of a throwaway writer, until the next album, which I'll talk about in a bit. And this sounds like one of those um, throwaway tracks, but interesting to see because it comes at the end of the, of the first um, side, if I remember rightly. And... Uh, and it needs to be there because it just gives you some idea of well you know you've 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 had something unusual this is even more unusual but it shows you something else has an awful lot of new wave interest in it and when they went out on tour if i remember rightly the first uh, i think it was roger taylor's um wish to have Lewis, some who was um a sort of pop and new wave coming man open for them and that didn't work out too well i don't think it's an interesting piece of work, and his, his other, his other, um, his other interesting song. His other song is um, "Calling All Girls," which is buried on side two, but released as a single. Didn't do very well, and it's an interesting hybrid because it has a kind of mid-paced and quite sort of Roy Orbison chirruping guitar um, riff on it. It's got a bit of scratching on there as well. But it has a general sense of um, likability. It doesn't. It doesn't get worked up with itself, and it, um, it it has more drums in it. 
and it has a very sort of hummable, very summery feel, as if it's saying to you, don't worry, you can still hold on to this if you're a bit concerned where the rest of the album's going. But now on to something else entirely. Oh, before I do that, there's a ballad here, Life is Real, song for Lennon. At the time it came out, you'll know why that is. And you know, um, it's, a, it's a simple piano and drum Mercury ballad. Um, probably only interesting for the line, um, breastfeeding myself, which is, <laughs> which is uh, quite interesting. But um, it's an okay, it's an okay track. He wrote the, he wrote the lyrics before he wrote the music. He was um, he wrote it because of the because of the uh, of the murder a couple of years before, and uh, it has very little to it. It's a it's a, a smooth, soft piano based simple piano line song um, without much else to recommend it. However, what's got a lot to recommend it is the track that came out first from this album and made people say, eh? And I remember hearing it on the rundown of the charts and thinking, well, that sounds like different to anything else. Even the funk that's around at the time, which was trying to be nice a lot of the time. This isn't trying to be nice at all. This sounds like lots of sounds moulded together. This is body language. You know, this is based on one kind of almost um, glam rock drum beat. And it's also got in there a lovely sinuous synth bass feel, almost as if it's a recreation of Giorgio Moroder's type, very, um, uh, um, very pulsating, very uh, quite robotic, uh, quite uh, looping um, music, a simple chorus with um, a rising synth line, which is almost uh, cartoon-like, a video with writhing bodies, as you might expect, and a, um, a Freddie Mercury vocal performance, which is lascivious in the extreme and needs to be for this kind of song. There isn't much to it. There's more air in this song than there is in a Tory party member's head, in my view. It's a great piece of work, but at the time it was derided. Even though I didn't like the album, I could recognise at that young age what they had done here. It was something completely different. I had heard nothing like it at the time. I have now. But at the time in the charts, even the funk and soul stuff wasn't sounding like this. This sounds dangerous. It sounds like it's going to, um, it's going to do something you won't like. It's really sharp and angular, and there's very little music in it. You know that he leaves such a, a massive space for the attitude to come in, and it's just, it's just, and and. For the for the for the line, you've got long legs, snakes in your eyes. You got. Hang on a minute. Let me just get this right. I just have to listen to it again. That is never time badly spent. You got red lips, snakes in your eyes, long legs, great thighs. Then then he just um, 
he just compounds that with, with shouting, you've got the cutest ass I've ever seen. Knocks me down for a six every time. Well, you know, you can't get more lascivious than that at this time with Queen. And it's wonderful to see. It stands out as something of absolute power by not going for any power while staying power. Title, the word is in the title, really pushes you with massed horns, a really busy bass line, a big vocal performance. This just leads off all that. It's as sinuous as a snake sliding into your consciousness. And it gives you the time to appreciate it. And boy, do I. Last track on this album, of course, and the one that came out first, and it's not really part of the album, but is uh, included in there, so it makes you think, oh, they just tacked it on, and they have, Under Pressure. Wonderful bass line, fantastic percussion. The clicks are just something else entirely. They came up with it in the studio. Um, the story is that Bowie and Mercury were competing with each other to see who could get to the studio last. So sometimes they'd be there, the others would be there for four or five hours before even one of them appeared. But it's a great, great piece of work. We know that it was number one with a bullet, which these other tracks when released were not. The album went to number four, but the, the singles were 17, 30, even less than that. And it's seen as a failed experiment. Now, for those who think, well, they were, they were in a disaster now and they had to wait for 1985 and Live Aid to come back. That isn't the case. If you were watching the film Bohemian Rhapsody, you might think it was, but it wasn't. Because the next album they produce is The Works. And there's a little ditty on that, written by Roger Taylor in the beginning of his hot, hot string of songs. It's a ditty called Radio Gaga. And that was a bit of a hit worldwide. So don't listen to people who say, oh, it was a disaster, that hot, hot space, and they never came back. Well, they did. And you got some big rockers on this. Another one I'll mention, Brian May's Hammer to Fall, which became a real success as well. And I saw him on this tour, and they were playing, not arenas, but then they hadn't been anyway after, after hot space, so it had gone down a bit. But I saw him at the Birmingham Exhibition Centre, the National Exhibition Centre there, and it was packed and they were bloody good so don't listen to anybody who says they were finished and Live Aid was the only thing which brought them back yeah he brought them back to a huge international um, international deification but this album helped them too Hot Space though an aberration it's an aberration I love it's an unloved child I take to my heart and I hug this album every few weeks it never disappoints me Staying Power, I think, is my favourite Queen track. It has such power, such extravagance, just not in the way we'd heard before. But it is all there. This album is a five out of five, because I can't see how it can get any better if your mind is open to different sounds. But I understand if people prefer Queen in the past or in the future and ignore this album, can understand that entirely. But I'll be listening to it till I finally pop off. Ta-ta! Ta-ta!